We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rivals. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Apollo here with Steve Ribeiro, Johnny Gomez, and we're celebrating woo, a 42-7 L.A. Rams win over the Seattle Seahawks. This puts us in great position for the playoffs and, of course, winning the NFC West. Before we go anywhere, before I ask these guys how they're feeling, let me talk to you about iTunes. Guys, hey, if you're listening to our podcast, we need some love. We're trying to get our profile out there. If you if you like what we do, if you appreciate the job we're doing, please head over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Let us know how you feel about us. We'd really appreciate it. And you have the chance to go ahead and win yourself a gift card over to NFLShop.com. Also, you can find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play. Oh, yeah, yeah, those places. Oh, and iHeartRadio. Okay, now that's over and done with. Steve, Johnny, how you feeling? This is wonderful, man. I mean... It's been a while since we got 10 wins. I know everything has been since 03, but a huge win in Seattle against a long-hated rival, one who we've had their number somehow in recent years, although this year we lost at home. A great payback win. I did a little research before this podcast, and I'm almost positive this is the biggest win for anybody in Seattle since 1997. 
I mean, this was as much of a statement victory as the Rams have made in a long time. And it would take a lot for them to miss the playoffs. I'm finally feeling very confident we're going to get a home playoff game. Ecstatic, man. This is wonderful. So Christmas came early, right, guys? We can, <laughs> can we unwrap the presents now? Can we, can we unwrap the presents now? Because this is as great as a Christmas present as we could possibly get as Ram fans, as journalists, as anything this is the victory we all wanted to see and didn't really think we would see today. I mean, did you guys? I called the Rams to win. I don't know about you. I had them winning the game. No, 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 not no. Not like no. this, though, man. <laughs> not like, not this. like this. No, no, no. Come on. Um, well, you know, it's great you asked that question because I wrote an article for the site yesterday talking about what this game means, what it means for this team to actually take that next step coming into the game that the Rams are one and three against those quote unquote Super Bowl contenders. I mean, I could say they were after what Jacksonville did today. You can probably move them in there as well. But, you know, I, I really felt like the Rams needed this game to show that they, how real they really are losing three out of four, you know, to, to big name opponents bothered me. So this one, man, it's hard. It is just hard not to get emotional. It is hard not to, to, kind of almost be a little schoolgirl here and tear up a bit because I haven't guys I was man I was 25 when the Rams last won 10 games I was 25 years old I'm almost 40 now I know I'm the old guy podcast today I know right and geez I had the whole world ahead I mean I got gray hair I'm you know I'm a chunky boy I'm okay I have all kinds of problems now and so I think it's all because of being a Rams fan so I, I guess Man, 10 games. It's hard hard to say. Guys, how are you feeling? 10 wins. It really has been a long time. I mean, you were 25. I was like 10 or 11, I think. It's, <laughs> it's wild, man. I cannot believe how good this they are this year. Even though we've seen them look good for a, a while now. All season, they've looked good. A couple bumps in the road, but I mean, overall, they don't really have any bad losses. They're... 10 wins, you know, they've won every game that they should win for the most part. An early season loss at Washington was really the only egregious game in this entire run. And, I mean, I I can't believe how well it's been. There's a lot of big wins over this run. The Saints one was big. The Dallas one was big. But, I mean, to go into Seattle and just pummel them on every side of the ball. Russell Wilson was getting demolished. Todd Gurley was demolished in the defense. This was... This was beautiful. It was poetry emotion, man. I don't know if well, that's they, the right use for that expression, but I hope it is. Uh, it's well, I think on defense at least it was it was brutal. Johnny, how are you feeling on that one, man? Ten games. Well, I'd like to say that I didn't see this coming, but um, I did actually see this coming when I predicted from the start of the season eleven and five when pretty much most of you guys. We're laughing at me saying, are you serious? 11 and five. And now they may even finish better than my prediction. I'm ecstatic. I love this. I need to see more of this. Can the Rams start playing now? Can Screw this. You know, screw next Sunday. Let them start playing Monday night. I need to see this now. <laughs> hey, this oh, is as good of a time to pat yourself on the back as any. Yep. Well, yeah, I mean, it'd be, he did say it. I had the Rams. I think I want to say I either had them going six and 10 or seven and nine. And then once we got, you know, Watkins in the mix, I think I bumped it up a bit, but I never saw this coming. I, I knew the team was going to be better. I just didn't know how much better. 
And I'm glad I'm wrong. I'm glad I was wrong. I'll take this. I would rather be wrong and see the Rams in the playoffs than be right and see them go four and 12 playing a middle school offense again. Yeah, no doubt about that, man. I mean, I'll I'll eat my words on this. I think I had them seven and nine. And it's funny because I think we were all optimistic about the season and knew that maybe not to this level of success, but a playoff berth wasn't completely out of the question. I guess only Johnny was bold enough to actually uh, put it on paper. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I just love Uh, it when I'm right. You know what? Gosh. He's over there. (laughs) Go go ahead and just pat yourself on the back. Go on. Just just do it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, that's my hand, but, you know. All right. All right. So, strengths of the Rams today. You know, it really wasn't anything with the passing game. The thing that stands out, I think, first is the defense. Seven sacks on Russell Wilson, three from Aaron Donald. Guys, what do you take from this defense and how it performed today? Russell Wilson has to see Aaron Donald in his nightmares, man, because just for ever since he's came to the league, he has tormented this guy every time they played. We all know that Seattle's offense is really flawed, but at the same time, Russell Wilson has been an MVP contender this year, and he's been carrying that team. And if you shut down him, you're probably going to shut down the whole offense. But nobody's really been able to do that. And here come the Rams just from the first play of the game, absolutely dominate this man. I mean, that was it was something else, man. It really makes me feel good about this defense going forward. I never really felt bad about them, but the D line, man, they had it they had a day. It was good to see them all really getting in the action. Yeah, I mean, all the name of the game was adjustment, adjustment, adjustment from the start of the season to now. I mean, you, you even see it from a play-by-play basis, Wade Phillips just has the defense adjusting to the point where it's like, it's almost unfair. Like, Russell Wilson would probably say that it's unfair. There's just so much impressive, like, just impressive adjustments that it's incredible. Man, I mean, you can't this even get the, the words out, dude. You're just, you're, I can't, you can't I, even I mean, say really, it. Really, really, <laughs> think about that for a second. Think about that. This is a team that if you were to start, if you were to look from the beginning of the season, they were surrendering over 30 points. And then now you're looking at them now, they surrendered only seven points in Seattle. And keep in mind that the seven points they surrendered, they pretty much just kind of did some boneheaded penalties. And on top of that, just let Russell Wilson run for a bit. But I mean, that wasn't what he, he ended up paying for most of it. So on top of all of that, you have to really take into account of the injuries that have been sustained. They lost a key member of the defense last week in Kayvon Webster. And yet, you know, Wilson had no one to pass it to the whole game. And, you know, just little things like that, you just can't help but appreciate. Well, hey, real quick before we move forward, let's talk about those numbers. You mentioned you know, the adjustment, so on and so forth. Steve, you got the numbers for us. How does this game break down in terms of stats? Well, obviously a big thing that stands out here, time of possession, Rams at 36-46, Seattle at 23-14. They controlled the ball the whole game, and obviously most of that goes to Todd Gurley. Surprisingly, only had 21 carries and three receptions and put up four touchdowns, three on the ground to go with 152 yards, 28 through the air and another touchdown. Jared Goff, he wasn't asked to do much, and he didn't have to. He had a pick, but still two touchdowns, 120 yards on 14 for 21. That's that's a fine game. Sometimes you don't need the quarterback to really win it for you, and 
with how Todd Gurley played, man, we did not need him. And on the other side of the ball, Goff still on nine less attempts than Russell Wilson, only had 22 less yards. Wilson went 14 for 30, 142 yards, and a touchdown. He had a big fumble, though, so with, even without interceptions, still had a couple turnovers. He was actually their leading rusher at 39 yards, and their leading receiver was McKissick, who had 38 and most of it came out of 26-yard reception. So, really, Seattle had nothing going. And, you know, our receivers, like I mentioned, they didn't need to do much, but a good comeback game for Robert Woods. He's really the star in the receiving course. Six receptions, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Holy moly. Hey, what was that sack number again? How many did, how many did uh, Aaron Donald have, what, three? Yeah, I think Aaron Donald did. Aaron, I'm trying to find the team. Aaron Donald, three. Robert Quinn, two. Connor Barwin got one. Yep. Good to see Connor Bowen back and out there, was too. Matt Longacre with another, with another Longacre one? and Brocker split a sack. Okay. Yeah. So at seven sacks, this is becoming kind of normal for you know the Rams' defense. Not so much in the last couple of games, but came back today with a vengeance. Seven sacks on Wilson. Crazy. And Wilson looked – I've never really seen Wilson look rattled before. He looked rattled today. Yeah, and for how well he's playing, you know – Duds are going to happen, but like you said, yeah, he, this defensive line has to frighten this man because they have just been torturing him since, for a while, but really since Aaron Donald came to the league, it seems like all he wants to do is destroy Russell Wilson when they play, and you can tell, literally he threw the ball backwards 10 yards on one play because of how demolished he was getting. That was looking at the offensive line, too. Seattle offensive line was, I mean, they, they had no idea what to do. No. I mean, they tried doubling Aaron Donald, and then uh, what ends up happening is you have a bunch of other defenders right there that they have to block. I mean, think about that for a second. You brought up some big names there. There was Barwin. There was Quinn, Longacre. Um, you know, all these guys are racking up numbers, and you're not even talking about Aaron Donald, who's constantly being doubled, and yet he's still getting in those sacks, still getting in those tackles. They made Luke Jolko look bad. Luke Jolko... You know, it was a joke. Lane Brown. I mean, those guys. I mean, they came in this game looking like, or at least the Corbin Smith from over there at Legion of Twelve told us this offensive line's getting better. He's not as worried. He wasn't as worried. Norm told him, "Hey, they're gonna line. <laughs> they're gonna line up Aaron Donald on their struggling rookie and let him go." I think it was a rookie. It was a Fetty. A Fetty, and Norm yep. was right too. They went right after him. Yeah, and it's a bad offensive line, and it really speaks volume. Obviously, not today, but just overall to. Russell Wilson, whose MVP campaign probably died with this game, but the reason he was an MVP candidate with eight wins was just because you look how bad that line is, and he somehow was still just carrying them to wins. You know, it's a bad offensive line that got abused by a great defensive line. You know, the Rams are one of the statistically worst rushing defenses in the league, and Seattle's leading rusher was Russell Wilson with 39 yards. McKissick and Davis combined for 39 yards on only 12 attempts. You know, they were, it was a game where they were playing from behind most of the game, but that's, it's not a good look for Seattle and it's a very good look for the Rams and makes them somewhat scary going into the playoffs. Well, it is the team that nobody wants to play going into the playoffs. This is a a bruiser team. This is a team that is hungry for a victory. And this is the team that LA fans have been looking for for the longest time. And, well, now it's here. It's crazy. It's crazy well, how good they are. Well, this is the best I've seen that defense all year. I mean, yeah. even in I, just 
the way they moved the football. I haven't seen, have not seen them pursue the football like they did today. They were in on every tackle. Very few missed tackles today. Very few mistakes on defense. A couple dumb penalties, but in the heat of the game against Seattle, it's not too bad. Overall, what can we really say? The pass rush was was the best it's been all year. Even the linebackers were solid today. And that's with Mark Barron going down for a bit. I'm not even sure if he even got back in the game. Did you guys see if he got back in the game? I don't think he did. Right. Yeah, and we don't know, though, if he wasn't good to go back into the game or, I mean, it's not like they needed him. You know what I mean? So he could have – that's something that we're going to have to wait and see more news on, I think. But, you know, like you said, this was the best they've looked and really the best they've looked against a good offense. They haven't dominated a legit offense this year. They beat the Saints, but – you know, we did that post-game podcast. They got torched by Kamara, and it was just the place that he wasn't in that they were able to take advantage of. This game against an offense that has performed well this year with one of the best quarterbacks in the league, just absolutely manhandled, man. The secondary played great. The pass rush was unreal, and the run defense stepped it up today in a big way. We're going to see a lot of folks complaining. I mean, or, or let me rephrase that, making excuses for the Seattle defense today or the Seattle offense the big thing being they had a lot of guys hurt a lot of people missing the game you can't really say that about the offense so the offense had their their key guys in except for you know, Thomas Rawls or whoever else I want to try and throw out there as a running back they, there are no complaints that Seattle fans can have about the way the offense performed nah. you know in terms of saying well that Rams game was overweighted and so on and so forth bull they had all their players on offense. It's defense that was hurting, and we get that. You can make that argument, and that would be a fair argument, but in terms of what Seattle offense was out there, that was pretty much their first team. That's who was there. So if any Seattle fans, I dare you try and make that argument and then look at who played the game. Now, if you want to argue defense, I, I can. I, we can talk about that. But in terms of the offense, I'm not – the Rams dominated them, absolutely dominated them, covered well, tackled well, pressured well, had the ent- that entire team, that entire Seahawks team, mentally broken. I want to say it for that. I'm not saying that, that Seattle is mentally broken overall. In that moment, in that game, they broke them. They broke them. And two tough yeah. losses in a row in very different fashions for Seattle. And, you know, like you said, they got nothing to talk about here. In a game where there was only two turnovers for Seattle and they lost 42-7, to and that seven came in garbage time, I mean, <laughs> it's this is just a slaughter. you got to take the L here. There's absolutely no excuse here. E- even if you were to argue the defensive side of the ball, okay, yeah, they've had a few injuries. But you know what? The Rams had the, their fair share of injuries also. And while they're... There were some key guys that came back this uh, this week, especially on defense. Injuries are a part of the game. So you missing a few guys, okay, fine. But at the same time, the whole team as a whole lost this game. There was not any aspect of the Seahawks at all that shined. Not a single aspect. And when you consider, you know, offense, defense, special teams, Every single aspect of this team was dominated. So even if you were to argue the defense was hurt, well, what about your offense? Why couldn't you stop Farrell Cooper? Why couldn't you stop anything, really? No, 
I'm sorry. I, I just I, I don't see it. There's no reason why they they can, you know, come up with excuses on on injuries. Well, let's go there. Let's go on special teams. That's you just mentioned the performance of Farrell Cooper. How often, especially early in this game, did Farrell Cooper and the Rams special teams put them put the, put the offense in perfect position? That was pretty much the whole first half. If we want to know why Jared Goff only had 120 yards passing, it's the special teams. That's why. They didn't have to drive all the way down the field to do it. Short field, all game. All game. Where was the Seattle special teams this game? Where was where was the kick coverage? Where was, you know, this is supposed to be the freaking Seattle Seahawks, and they let that happen over and over again. On the flip side, I could say, well, wait a minute. Maybe this Rams special teams is the best in the league, and maybe it's the best in the league by far. Maybe it's not even close. Guys want to make that argument? I don't think it's close, man. I mean, Hecker has been the best punter in the league for a couple of years. Greg Zerline, all we we all knew all he needed to do was get more accurate, and this year he shores it up. And then Farrell Cooper, who you know I did not see this coming at all. I honestly might have made the argument that we should have kept Tavon in there when they benched him, but here we are. He's one of the best returners in the league. You know, I don't know if there's a team that has top three in those three positions in the league. And the best thing McVay did this year, even maybe better than hiring Wade Phillips, was keeping Fossil around because that special teams has been humming all year. They are something else. And there are three factors to winning a game, and special teams is one of them. And it's the only one that I'm not worried about losing at all in any games this year. I cannot imagine them being outplayed on special teams. Yeah, there's no doubt about it that this is a team that this is the best special teams in all of the NFL. And to be honest, you could almost make an argument, maybe one of the best special teams in history. Um, is that a bold statement? Absolutely. And you know what? It's warranted. As Steve mentioned, Johnny Hecker has been one of the best punters in the league. And to be honest, the past few years, he, you could even make an argument that he was one of our best players, if not the best player. <laughs> he and, easily and, you won. Know, and, oh, gosh. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. It's a big, big difference this year, but thankfully. But, um, you know, that's that's beside the point. Johnny Hecker is one of the most consistent players in the NFL. Definitely the most consistent punter in the league. Greg Zerline. Is has been more accurate, although he did miss his uh, special point attempt. But you know, it happens. I do, I do dig the whole, um, you know, moving the um, the extra point uh, back a little bit. I think that's that's solid because you know it does make the game a little more interesting. And I don't care what the league does, but taking out the special teams would be would just be criminal to the NFL because. It's one of the most – it is a, a really exciting aspect of the game. And this this is proving it right here. The Rams special teams is proving that it's still a very exciting thing to watch and still one of the more things to look forward to in a game. Last-minute uh, field goal kicks, you know, Farrell Cooper doing his thing. And it, it was very entertaining to watch him break uh, tackles. The, his vision was just – incredible today i'm i mean i i've never been this more, more excited about a special teams unit and i i can't wait to see what they do against tennessee well there's one thing i do want to kind of mention the cap of that 
to say this might be the best special teams unit in history. Uh, I think we're probably getting it ahead of ourselves a little bit, but you make a solid point when you have the best punter in the league, one of the best kickers in the league, one of the best kick returns returns in the league, and the rest of your special teams are on it. They are all over every coverage play. You're blocking kicks, you're blocking punts. It's, there's an argument that I guess could be made there. I think maybe that sounds like an, an article for Johnny Gomez to write for the website. What do you think, Johnny? Hmm. No. Yes. Oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now he knows what he's writing this week. All right. Before ah. we move on, before we move on, <laughs> he's like, oh, crap. This is now I got to sign for this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Rand's, the, uh, the Gold Ram Barbershop. Sal Martinez over there at the Gold Ram Barbershop. He opened up his shop the day the Rams left for St. Louis. Kept the lights on, you know, built himself a great place with Rams memorabilia, helmets, pictures, jerseys, you name it. He's got our own Johnny. He was just there two, uh, a couple weeks ago. Go check him out. Again, 13755 Golden West Street, Westminster, California, 92683. They're open 8 to 6, Monday through Friday, 7 to 4 on Saturday. Close on Sunday. Got to remember that. Close on Sunday. They are closed for Rams football, folks. Give them a call at 714-894-7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK. Again, it's 714-894-7267. <laughs> let's, let's cover a couple more things here. What does this all mean now? The Rams are ten and four. Seattle sitting there at second at eight and six. Steve, what's this do for the seeding? Well, the good news is the Rams win one more game, they clinch the division. Uh, simple as that. It'll get more complicated if they lose out. Then we'd be getting into some tie break. Well, first of all, actually, they just need Seattle to not win out, and then they clinch the division, or they need to win one game. Now, obviously, in I'll be putting out an article later in the week of just absolute worst-case scenarios here. But basically, if the Rams finish 10-6, and six, all they need is for either Atlanta or Detroit to not finish 10-6. and six. The good news is they don't have to worry about Dallas because if, Dal- if Seattle wins out and we lose the division, then Dallas would lose and they'd be out of it. On the flip side, if we're talking about getting a bye, unfortunately those hopes might be slash here we would need minnesota to lose out uh because we simply don't have the tiebreakers we lost to both the eagles and the vikings neither were bad losses but when it comes out to tiebreakers here that'll cost us and the good news is we own the tiebreakers with the nfc south so if it comes down to the vikings losing out and us being 12 and 4 tied with either the saints or the panthers we get in there so, really, this just makes our path to the playoffs very easy. All we have to do is beat the Titans or the 49ers. And if we somehow lose both of those games, as long as Seattle doesn't win out, we still win the division and we still get a home playoff game. All right, so there we go. It's not It's not bad. Hey, Johnny, you just heard that breakdown, okay? You can stop swaying now. They're going to be in. Okay, it'll <laughs> oh, be okay. Yeah. All right, it'll be okay. It would really take a lot. off my for forehead. It, yeah, geez. I mean, and there's still that skeptic, I think, in all of us that says they're going to find a way to screw this up. But I don't think they do. I can't yeah. imagine them losing to the Titans and the 49ers. I think I don't think the Titans are good. I know their record is good, but I really don't think they're good at all. That's a game we should win. And even if we lose that game, 
San Francisco is a total trap game, and I really hope we just beat the Titans and get it over with. But <laughs> it's that that game can make me sweat if we lose next week. But I do I do think they'll be fine. And honestly, I think uh, Seattle might have their hands full with Dallas next week too, with Ezekiel Elliott coming back. So well, I that's true. don't think we're going to be getting into these disaster scenarios too hard. So Johnny, here's a big question for you out there right now: What are the odds of you scoring playoff tickets? You know, the funny thing is, I'm already working on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yes this is something that's crossed my mind before and you know yeah we have to watch the titans which by the way uh if you're marcus Mariota out there how scared are you if you if you just witnessed Ru- russell wilson be demolished by aaron donald oh he is not gonna have fun he is not gonna have a good afternoon <laughs> they had a war today too with the 49ers that was a war yeah um playoff tickets Again, Johnny, uh, work some magic there. Maybe you can get, take some pictures and you know, spend maybe oh, arm and leg, maybe auction off the rights to your firstborn child. You can make it happen, though. You can make it happen. Oh, trust me. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. All right, guys, let's talk about the star of the game. Okay, well, Johnny, I'll start with you. Who is your star of the game? There's, I mean, there's so many to choose from. But, I mean, it's kind of hard not to go with Aaron Donald. He, he just made life miserable for Wilson, and that made me happy. That's it. Wow, that's it. Very simple. Okay. Continue, <laughs> Steve. You could definitely go with Dominant here, but I think the clear answer is still Todd Gurley. I mean, the man scored four touchdowns. That that doesn't happen that often. And so that's my guy. 150 yards on the ground, just seamlessly, just diced up that defense all day. He's been – I think he's been the MVP of the team this year. Uh Donald, obviously, is also a candidate for that. But, man, just having the two of them is fantastic. Whoever you want to break the tie here, Derek, I'm just, if you're going to go with one of these two? No, I'm not, actually. Oh, but, wow. You know, all, both, of them are, both of them are well-deserving. But I want, I want to recognize the table setter today. The table setter was Farrell Cooper. 128 yards in return uh, for punts. 128 yards in punt returns today, uh, including a huge one that put – the Rams directly on the goal line there made it nice and easy. He made it easy for Jared Goff today as well. Didn't have to be perfect on the road in Seattle. I got to go Farrow Cooper. I just, he was a table setter. He was the one that made everything possible. He made it easy for the Rams to hand the ball to Gurley. He made it easy for the Rams to take it easy in the passing game and not feel like they have to go deep in every play. So for me, it's Farrow. All three of them were outstanding today. There's no loser there, but that's my start of the game. And then we have the goat of the game. Is it possible for the Rams to have a goat of the game in a forty-two to seven victory? No, I I, I can't uh, give a goat no. here. I I can, I can. I'll go first. I'm going to go with that Seattle rush defense, that front four that was supposed to be so vaunted, They're supposed to be able to shut down Todd Gurley. They did early in the year. Todd Gurley ran all over them, and you know what? That Rams offensive line ran all over them so my go of the game it's actually pretty easy that seattle front four that seattle defensive line but yeah if we're bringing in seattle i think it's gonna be seattle offensive line i mean they've been publicly trashed by everybody and russell wilson going superman has kind of gotten the conversation away from them a little bit but i'm glad it's gonna be back on the spotlight because they're terrible they're so bad (laughs) and like they need to bring they need to spend their first four picks on linemen next year because for a team that has so many good players in so many good places, they should not be 8-6. And, and 
Russell Wilson needs help. They need to protect him. Johnny? I'm going to go... I'm going to go slightly off topic here. Does anyone else feel bad for Austin Davis? Um, no. What a capper. We got to see Davis today. I was so Oh, happy. my gosh. Look, come on, Johnny. <laughs> You're trying to avoid the go of the game here. Do you? Come on. Pick somebody. <laughs> Who's your go? Well, I, mean, I mean, really, think about it. They kept Russell Wilson in at 42-7. to 7. How do you keep Russell Wilson in? So and is then, your go the coaching staff then for Seattle? I, I I don't know. Maybe you yeah, could make I, the I, argument, man. They didn't do jack on special teams. They didn't do jack on defense. They didn't do jack on offense. They had the home field. You could make the argument. Go on, make it. Make something. Yeah, I'll go ahead and do that. Just just because <laughs> there's there was so many questionable things there. Um, you mentioned a lot of them right there. Um, and you know, even though I was kind of joking about it, it was kind of serious at the same time. Um. Keeping Russell Wilson in that late and being dominated, I, I don't know. I, and I get it. Russell Wilson's a trooper. He wants to he wants to finish the game. But at the same time, it's like, by all intents and purposes, they're not out of the playoffs. So why would you risk that? So, yeah, I'm going to say coaching staff just because of just the questionable decisions in today's game. Hey, for what it's worth here, I'm looking at the – pro football focus grades for this game and Todd Gurley didn't even make the top five Rams and he still had an 81.6 just Aaron Donald 92.9 I mean they they always give him such good scores and then Troy Hill Nickel Roby Coleman Tremaine Johnson and Joyner all did well in the 80s so the secondary so I won secondary yeah Seattle had one player (laughs) in the 80s good lord (laughs) Okay. All right, guys. Let's let's talk about a couple more things. I do want to give a real quick shout out. You know, this year, I've I've been, you know, we've been very open about this on Twitter and on Facebook. This has been our biggest year of growth as a company. And we don't have that kind of growth without fans interacting with us on Twitter, on Facebook, other social media. So just throw a couple of shouts out to some of our most interactive fans who have, you know, been with us in this journey this year. You wild and sassy gal, they call it TC. It's at wild and sassy gal on Twitter. Asked us the question earlier about seating. Also, one shout out Aztec Pride. Always asks us great questions. She just just asked us a little bit ago, how come the Rams didn't clinch the division? They just need one more, bud. Just need one more win. Um, or it's other guys who, yep, other guys who interact with us. Chris Smith, Pally, Pally on the. On Twitter has a whole big, much longer name. I was calling Pally. You know, we want to shout out these people who have been there with us, who, you know, have really caught on to us and have been big supporters of what we do. So thank you very much. All right. So here we go. It comes down to this. The answer for Essex Prize, the Rams, one more win is Tennessee next week. Um, we don't want to spend much time on this. We have a whole big preview podcast with them and another, and, and we have a great guest for that as well. Guys, what needs to happen for the Rams to go ahead and beat the Titans next week? Just play their game, man. Uh, like I said, the Titans just lost 49ers. They, the fact that they have eight wins is crazy. They, I really don't think they're good. Marcus Mario is not having a good year. And I think if the Rams just – they don't even have to play like they did today. If their defense comes and plays their game, if the offense you know, doesn't turn the ball over, I don't see how they lose. The Titans don't have an explosive offense. Um, they don't. They don't really scare me at all. I think just Rams got to keep how they're playing. They've beaten all the teams that they should beat this year. 
and I think this should just be another one in that win column. I think there should be a tracking uh, tracking number on how many times I've said this already, but the Rams just beat the Seahawks 42-7. to <laughs> I am not worried about the Tennessee Titans. You know, if the Rams show up to play just like how they did earlier today, there is no doubt in my mind that the Rams go in and win big in Tennessee. Now, I won't say it will be a big shutout or anything like that, but I wouldn't rule it out either. I'm more well, worried about that 49er game, but I don't think well, that'll matter since we'll beat the Titans this week. I'm worried about both. And I'll tell you why. It's not because it's nothing more than just the typical, oh, the skeptic that's there, you know, and it a little by little each day goes away every week that they – just prove how good they really are. And this is a very good Rams team. I think we've seen that even in losses. We've seen that, Yeah. you know, it's, there's still that little thing in the back of your mind. You just remember 1999, the Rams go into Tennessee and they lose in Tennessee. Um, of course they beat the Titans later, but the Titans overall has seemed to have had the Rams number for years now. And, you know, the 49ers game is a rivalry game and the temptation will also be there. If the division's clinched. The temptation will also be there for Sean McVay to sit a few, sit a few players, which I hope won't happen. I hope that they are in a position to uh, knock out the third seed, play the sixth seed, and all my worries and concerns are false. But on paper, and even just on emotion, just based on what we saw today, those games aren't close. Those games aren't close. Those are just the insecurities of of a scarred Rams fan who has watched a lot of bad football over the years. I mean, they're great now. We'll take it. We'll take the good stuff now. Okay. So we're getting ready to shut down here. Final thoughts for everybody. Steve, go. I still can't believe how good they are. I know I've said this every week. It's, I cannot believe that they're good. You know, you mentioned the skeptic. I was super skeptical until I got to go in person and watch them obliterate the giants. And then I think that, finally erased it for me you know they got four losses but outside of the Redskins loss all those teams were good and they're fine losses it's I'm feeling great and I think if they win next week uh, the only thing they'd be playing for is the difference between a three and a four seed and I think I think they go for it I think I want to be as high seed as possible I'm very happy with everything so far I mean how are you not after that win all I have to say is for everyone that Doubted my prediction and doubted the Rams. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'll leave it at that. That's all he's got. Oh, that's, that's all I'm going to say. That's and hey, shout out, shout out to Nick Foles. Jeff Fisher might have three quarterbacks in the playoffs. Oh, we'll have three exactly. quarterbacks in the playoffs. Good Lord. <laughs> Maybe that's the all you want to talk about is that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no 7-9 bullshit here. That's <laughs> just... Think about how crazy it is that the last three real Rams starting quarterbacks will be the top three seeds in the NFC. And again, that's a testament to how bad a coach Fisher was. Yeah. Because they, they couldn't he, they couldn't do anything under him. You know, Foles wasn't great today, by the way, but he was good. No. He was good. And I watched Foles good. make a lot of bad throws, so I'm not going to fully blame Fisher for him. But, I mean, look at Case. He plays so good. And we saw flashes of it. Well, part of – you know, Case still has his flaws. He's, you know, when we 
talked about uh, that yeah. in last year's podcast or why the Rams need to bring in Goff over Case. It was very simple. He just didn't have the arm strength, didn't have the ability to make vertical plays in that offense. And that doesn't mean that Case Keenum could not be a starting quarterback in the NFL, but with what the Rams wanted to do, he wasn't a fit. So I, I'm happy. The guy's a great guy. And, you know, a guy like that, you you want to see him succeed. So good on Case Keenum. Congratulations to him. All right. So as we're, we're closing up shop here, one more time, I'm going to ask you, please head on over to iTunes. Show us some love. Give us that great review. You can also subscribe on SoundCloud. You can hook up with us on Stitcher. You can go all the way to Google Play. Go over to iHeartRadio. We're there as well. We're the guys. This is Manji Air Derek C. Apollo. We'll see you in Tennessee. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.